Welcome to Catholics Across the Isle, the podcast of the Florida Conference of Catholic Bishops, offering commentary on public policy and civic life. This is Michael Sheedy, Executive Director of the Conference. I'm Michael Sheedy. I'm the Executive Director at the Florida Conference of Catholic Bishops. I'm very pleased to be joined by Tim Perrier. Tim serves as the Chaplain of the Florida House of Representatives. Tim, Thank you for being with us. It's an honor to be with you, Michael. Thanks for the invitation. Well, Tim, I don't think everybody in, knows that there's a chaplain at the Florida House of Representatives. Uh, it's a unique role. Tell us about what you do in that. Well, uh, yeah, um, I have been working down here probably for about 20 years, close to 20 years. Uh, I worked alongside my predecessor, who has served in this role since 1978, and he was a volunteer for that time, and I as well am a volunteer. Uh, so uh, it's not a paid position by the state of Florida. But you know what we try and do is provide encouragement and support to the members and the staff and the lobby corps who are down here. I like to remind people that as a, a legislator and a staff person, and then this is also true for lobbyists as well, uh, they'd probably spend about 40 to 50% of their year here in Tallahassee, which means that for 40 to 50% of the year, they may be away from their families, they're away from their churches, their places of worship, they're away from their support groups and those networks that uh, encourage them. And But they're not up here in Tallahassee enough to fully plug into a church or fully plug into a support group. And I had a member tell me one time that they just felt like uh, for the four years that they served that they were in limbo. And so what I try and do is provide a little connection and encouragement to them. And I think the most encouraging thing I do is help facilitate a connectedness between the members and themselves. I'm I'm less of a of a leader or a, or a Bible study teacher. I'm more of a facilitator in trying to have, help them connect to one another. Uh, and in that, you know, they would describe it, especially our, our Wednesday morning group. We'll probably talk a little bit uh, about that a little later, but uh, they describe that as an oasis during uh, their week. And uh, that comes from them connecting with one another, I think, and connecting with God. Uh, as they experience one another. I mean, what important work. You're right. It's, it's tough to be away from home and away from family. And it's great to be able to have uh, a good place to go connect, to be drawn back to those essential things and, and to your colleagues uh, in, in a way that's going to be healthy and encouraging. Now, Tim, what about your story and your journey? You know, uh, obviously, as a chaplain, you have some faith formation in a tradition. And, you know, how, how did you come into this role? Well, I, uh, I mentioned my predecessor, who uh, I'll tell you about him uh, briefly. In 1978, he befriended a state senator who was going through a hard time, and he did not know this man, uh, but it, it was in the papers that he was kind of on the outs with his party because of how he voted on the Equal Rights Amendment. And so my predecessor, a man named Bob West, felt that the Lord was telling him, go offer this man your friendship and your prayers. And he told the Lord, well, I, I don't have anything to do with the Capitol. You got the wrong guy. And the Lord said, no, I have the right guy. So why don't you go down there and, and offer him your friendship and your prayers, which Bob did. And through that friendship, uh, I'll condense the story. Through that friendship, he started building relationships with other legislators. That turned into a weekly gathering 
that they would do during session. And after about 10 years of that, one of the incoming speakers told him, you've been acting like a chaplain for over 10 years. When I become the speaker of the house, I'm going to make it official. I'm going to give you, he said, I'm going to give you the title that you've been doing for 10 years. And so he appointed Bob West as the, the chaplain. Uh, again, uh, as I said, a volunteer position. But uh, Bob needed help uh, along the way, really opening doors, to be uh, honest. There was, they were meeting off campus in a conference room um, at the High Point Center around the corner here. Bob needed to be on the sixth floor greeting the members, and somebody needed to be on the ground floor to swipe the security card so that the legislators could get into their fellowship group. And uh, Bob asked me to be the doorman, which I was happy to do because after our meeting, I got to hang out with Bob, who was a great mentor and great friend. And I would uh, I'd gladly do that. That was my pay, was getting to have a bagel and coffee, spend time with Bob once a week. And so that's how I got involved. And uh, the short story is I continued to be involved uh, as, as Bob needed help. And um, Bob slowly brought me in and, and turned over some responsibilities and relationships to me. And when Bob stepped down uh, about 10 years ago, uh, they've asked me to stay. And um, I'm honored that they, they would do that. And you mentioned that the legislators do come together for some fellowship, the legislative prayer fellowship. Is that the technical name for it? And um, the I don't know if we have a technical name for it. We could, it's called different things, but our yeah, our, our little legislative fellowship group, or our Wednesday morning meeting, or our you know uh, people call it different things. But but it's an important meeting throughout the week. Whenever the the legislators are in town, uh, we'll gather on Wednesday mornings and. Uh, it's really a remarkable uh, meeting in the sense of who gathers, and we don't give names, but but there are Democrats and Republicans, there are uh, men and women, you know, uh, black and white, Jew and Gentile. It is a, a remarkable gathering that crosses just about any dividing line, and they come together not because they all think exactly alike or share the the same faith but because they all love God, that they all are hoping to grow in their faith, and they're all learning to love one another. And it's really a remarkable group. And to, to see how they put their politics aside and uh, really focus on loving God and loving one another while they're together is, is remarkable. We have a couple, a couple things that we talk about in that group. We say, let's let's leave our politics at the door. So when we come in here, we can just talk about life and our families and the things that are weighing or on our hearts or that we're excited about. And then uh, the other thing we say is let's leave our titles at the door that we can just be Tim or Michael, as opposed to a representative or Senator or chairman. And, um, and we can just kind of deal with each other as people, not as titles, which is a unique, as, as you know, Michael, that's a unique, dynamic uh, or a unique opportunity to do that in this building. It is, you know, it's a very hierarchical sort of uh, setup here and to come together as just brothers and sisters, humans, you know, equals, if you will, and to, uh, to be able to share really deep stirrings for good, for bad, the challenges, the joys. Uh, it's really so important to keep people's health and, um, and groundedness, what they're doing and how they want to live. That's, that's yeah. really wonderful. 
Yeah, you know, just as I thought of this example, and there are there are all kinds of examples of this type of thing. But uh, just last session, we were we're sitting in our meeting, and one of our our friends, who's a uh, African American legislator from South Florida, a Democrat, said, "You know, I just had to put my uh, mother in hospice." And sitting next to him was a pretty conservative uh, Baptist. Uh, Senator, and they're sitting right next to him. And he said, I did that four months ago. And, you know, there was this connection that was immediate. And uh, as, as brothers, as friends, as, uh, you know, I think of this idea that our struggles build connection and community, kind of our, our successes build competition, but our struggles build connection and community. And, when they connect in those struggles, it was, uh, you know, they just understood each other and they had that connection. Now, politically, they're, they couldn't be further apart, but as people and as friends and as someone who understands exactly what each other's going through, they were right there. It was really cool to see that. That's the type of thing that happens in that group that's fun uh, and exciting to see how God works that. It does seem like we get a sense that politics is very partisan and somewhat polarized, um, but I think the greater understanding that emerges among legislators certainly helps us to, to realize there's so much more that does unite us in our shared humanity, our concerns, our desires, you know, to have healthy families, healthy communities, um, that really uh, it's important to, to celebrate and to uh, encourage that and, and to promote that kind of thing among the people who are actively involved in our policy process. And it's great. Yeah. And it's, you know, and for me as, as my role, getting back to your earlier question, uh, my role is less the, the one person who's out there encouraging everybody who has a need or um, needs prayer. Uh, it's not that they all come through me, but what I'm doing, I think the most effective Effective way to see, or I've seen God working, is when I help facilitate them connecting to one another, and then you see them uh, encouraging one another and supporting one another because they're the ones who truly understand what it's like to be in their shoes as elected officials. Or if we do that with staff too, uh, we do. We have meetings throughout the week, and and these legislative aides and the staff truly they're the ones who know how each other feels because they are dealing with those pressures and those, uh, those struggles of the workplace and also balancing what's left uh, undone back home because they need to be in Tallahassee. Well, Tim, that's, that's uh, just, uh, as you're sharing this, I'm, I'm struck at just the humility that goes with that to say, hey, look, this is about God and this is about the other people connecting to one another with God's help. And I really respect and appreciate the way you, you think of that and the way you speak about it and, and the way you do it, really. So really, it's a great yeah. service. I, I, you know, it's funny, uh, you know, when, when you talk about legislators and, and staff members, you know, having faith, coming together, um, you know, we often forget that our founding fathers were people, primarily people of faith, who established a really unique um, constitution here, you know, that, that both prohibits the establishment of religion, so we're not going to have a state religion, but also promotes the free exercise of religion. And we tend to think of that as a separation of church and state here. And, you know, people have, a, I think, a misperception of what that is supposed to be. And it's, it's important to highlight, you know, what it really means is that they're going to respect one another's respective spheres. You know, it's like 
the church doesn't dictate laws, and by church I mean believers, and also you know the state doesn't impinge on the exercise of religion and people's witness and public witness you know, that's reasonable in any way either. So we there's that separation, but religious people, religious witness, religious participation in that process is is what's been intended. And I think people of faith bring reason. They don't have not always just blind faith, but reason to propose a good way to go forward and the way that we live together, because you know, through reason we can sort of get a sense for how creation is ordered and, and, and how to live in a flourishing way. So, yeah. Well, well, that's well said, Michael. That's, and um, you know, I'll share with you a couple thoughts I have on that is that relate to, cause I do get questions about that. People say, well, how do you balance that, uh, uh, separation of church and state, and do they, you know, when they, when people find out there's a chaplain at the House of Representatives, they say, well, um, do you get a lot of pushback? Do you get people complaining and protesting? Do you, how does that all work? Do they actually welcome you? We get a lot done quietly, and so, um, and I had a good mentor in my predecessor and how, you know, I tell people that he spent 30 years building up a lot of goodwill and I'm trying not to burn through it. So uh, he is, uh, was a great mentor though. And we do get a, a lot. And, and there is this thought of freedom, as you said, Michael, that uh, is important, that we would uh, be free to express our own faiths, that uh, we wouldn't have to uh, adopt anybody else's. And down here, um, there's a couple places where that's uh, that's shown, and, and one of them is uh, when the legislators are in session. Uh, there's an any day that they're in session, uh, there is an opening prayer, and the person who gives the opening prayer is always invited by a can only be invited by a current member of the the Florida House of Representatives. So I don't choose who gives the opening prayer, and I typically don't do the opening prayer. Um, but the person who does it is invited by a member. So uh, that member may be Baptist or Methodist or Jewish or Catholic or what or no religion. They just might have a friend who, um, but that legislator can invite someone up and that, that prayer uh, will come and they'll always ask me, I'll help host them during that day. And they'll say, well, they'll take a copy of their prayer and they'll always give it to me at some point and say, Hey, is this okay? Would you read over it? Am I allowed to say this? Or, and, and I always will hand it back to them and say, uh, you are free to pray in your own faith tradition. You've been invited by this legislator. You are free to pray however you'd like to pray. And so we really do give them the freedom and there is a risk to that. Not often, but sometimes it can go off the rails. Somebody can get a little bit over the top with their prayer or, or a little bit political with their prayer. Um, but for the most part, it really works beautifully because the people who are invited to pray, to give that prayer, are friends of the legislator. And the legislator will will usually only invite someone they trust who they know will do a good job. But the beautiful thing is this. We give that person freedom to pray however they feel led to pray. The other thing that uh, we'll do 
and this started a number of years ago with one of the speakers of the house, and I think this showed great wisdom on their part. But the prayer is offered before the members are required to record their presence in the chamber, uh, in the house chamber. So if any legislator thought, well, I don't want to listen to a prayer, or I don't want to listen to a a Methodist pray or a Baptist pray or a Catholic pray or a, a rabbi pray, if they had some, you know, they are not required to be there for the prayer. So the way the order of operations go is the first thing that they do is the speaker will say, members, get to your desks. Uh, they say, please rise. He'll introduce the person giving the prayer. They will offer the prayer. Then the speaker will say, members, record your presence. So if the member ever had an issue and say, you know what, I don't think I want to have to listen to a prayer, they don't have to. And that's, a, I think, a gracious thing that the speaker uh, has set up. And I think, there, again, it, it speaks to that uh, freedom, you know, uh, and there's no forced, well, I'm sorry you don't like this prayer, but you have to listen to it for the next two minutes. Now, Tim, uh, just a question, you know, knowing that the members come from so many different uh, faith traditions. Obviously, you come from one. I come from one. We all kind of come from our own traditions. Um, it, it's probably. It's. I would imagine it's a little stretching sometimes just to kind of connect to folks from different traditions. You know, how have you experienced that, or what is some of the wisdom that Bob West imparted, or you know, mm-hmm. how do you how do you think about it? how's that journey been for you? Yeah. Well, it's uh, again. I have friends who uh, who are very supportive of the the work I'm doing and who uh, really uh, are excited about it, but they say, gosh, I could, I could never do that. I would, I'd, I'd number one, either want to, you know, uh, talk politics to them and try to uh, see eye to eye politics, or they'd say, gosh, I would, I'd keep trying to steer them towards my particular faith. And I just think the way I'm wired, I'm a little less like that. Thankfully, I think Bob West certainly was, le- was, uh, cut out of the same mold. And so there is a balance though, because certainly how do I uphold my faith without saying, well, but it comes back to that freedom. What we do when we gather together is we tell the conservative uh, right-wing Baptists that they are free to be their conservative right-wing Baptists. We tell the our Jewish members, who we have a number of Jewish members who participate. Uh, we say, we want you to, you know, share your Judaism. We want you to, you know, fully embrace your faith, but let's allow each other to to embrace their own faith. And so I, I need to do that with the members because we do have, you know, in our state, uh, what is it, 19 million, 20 million? In in one Florida? or 22, yeah. Yeah. So it, it's a big state and it's diverse. And I think this year, and I have not met him yet, um, but I think we have our first Muslim uh, member who was elected from South Florida. Uh, to my knowledge, there hasn't been one in the past. Uh, I may, uh, you know, that's only to my knowledge. But uh, uh, but we have Jewish members, and we have uh, Catholic members, and we have Baptist members, and we have all kinds of, di- and we have members who really aren't all that connected to their faith or wouldn't identify themselves uh, with any particular faith. And yet, my my job is to to serve all of them and to connect with all of them as the best I can and encourage them in, uh, with their needs. And, um, and I think that, you know, at least my faith says we, we try and love 
uh, all peoples and uh, and certainly to serve uh, all those who need help or encouragement. And we all, whatever faith you are, um, you certainly need encouragement. So, but I'll also say, you know, most of my conversations with these staff and the members are not theological, deep theology. They are more, hey, my, uh, you know, my 15-year-old son is struggling in school and I have to be up here for the next three months and this is really hard on my wife who's back home or my husband who, you know, is, is back home. And uh, that's the type of conversations we have. We don't have a lot of deep theology. You know, I'm, I'm willing to have those conversations, but it's more just the practical this is life and life is going on back home and I'm three hours away or six hours away. And uh, it's hard to manage it from Tallahassee when I live in Tampa and uh, things are hard in my family or my parents are, are uh, failing in their health. And that's the type of thing that, uh, um, you know, is somewhat universal. Yeah. That uh, whole, just being able to accompany people through the travails, the challenges is, is quite a gift. To, to everybody. I mean, we've all got our, our burdens to bear and it's really a lot better when you can confide in somebody and, and have someone that at least emotionally, mentally, spiritually sharing in that with you. Um, it sometimes is so freeing not to, re- to feel like you're alone. So, you know, Tim, you know, a lot of these legislators um, personally, I guess, as you look to the future, you, you think about the flourishing of our state, do you have hope for where we're going and for how how Florida is rolling? I mean, is you know, are there signs of hope that you see just in journeying with these folks for these many years? Yeah, you know, I I I am hopeful, and uh, we everybody uh, who looks at politics, who follows politics, um, it's easy to get uh, discouraged because what we see on TV is. Uh, not an accurate representation of what is happening, whether it's in Washington, D.C. or in Tallahassee here, that there are down here at the Capitol, whether it's legislators or staff or lobbyists or uh, the does construction and uh, cleans the hallways and, and everybody from the Speaker of the House to, to you know, anybody here. There are men and women who have a deep faith and a deep love for God, and they are serving God through their position in this process. And that gives me great hope. And as you get to know people, I think this is, this is true, is if we, you know, I, I, for example, I look at what's happening on television going on in Washington, D.C., and I think, man, I'm so angry with those people. I cannot believe. It. Well, I'm, I'm sure that if I got to know those people who I complain about, I would see him in a different light. I would say, you know what, this is a, this is a person who, you know, who struggles or whose family has had some hardship. And um, so I've been able to see that in this arena, at least in the Florida House of Representatives. And um, I think not only am I hopeful, but I think this is really the only hope that we have. I think that to try and build unity and peace and uh, healthy a healthy process. It's not done legislatively. It's done personally. And I see small glimpses of that. I see where members who are, who see very differently politically 
meet on Wednesday mornings to pray for each other. And then Wednesday afternoon, they're on, in the chamber and they're able to disagree with each other without being disagreeable. They're able to say, you know what, I, I'm opposing this bill that you're uh, proposing. Uh, I don't like it. Here's the why. But I like you. And I know that you have a good heart for doing that. And so much of what we see or we assume is it's, I don't like your bill. And the fact that you brought it up, it makes you a bad person. And I don't like you on top of that. And some of that happens. But I think that, uh, you know, as they get to know each other, um, the process, you know, I think our little Wednesday morning group, that small gathering of bipartisan members who pray together, literally changes how politics gets done in our state. And that's fun to see. And I like, I like to tell people that uh, who assume the worst, it's easy because we read the newspapers or the uh, get on the internet. There's no newspapers anymore, is there? I don't know. But we get on the internet or we watch TV and we think it's just all this, you know, the ugliness of it. So, well, you know, as you speak about it, Tim, those are great insights for, you know, the world of the Florida legislature and the Florida house, especially. But I think there are probably lessons for all of us to glean from, from that in whatever communities that we're in, whether it's our workplace or our neighborhoods, you know, we tend to maybe not know people or not give them the benefit of the doubt, but the more we know one another, the more we're known, we, we tend to, uh, see the good and, and and be able to understand better where people are coming from. So probably a good lesson for all of us, wherever we are. Well, Tim, any other thoughts that you want to just share on your role and, and your work? Um, no, you know, it isn't. Like I said, I do like uh, the opportunity to let people know that there are good things going on uh, in our political process. And I'd say be encouraged. I, I like to let uh, pastors know as much as I can, because pastors are, you know, in a unique role. Uh, and they are, especially I think in recent years, are trying to figure out how to, in an appropriate way, uh, be engaged in the political process without, you know, uh, while still being a pastor or a priest or a, or a rabbi. And so as they're leading in those roles, and I like to remind them that there are good things that God is, there are good people of faith in our process. And I tell people that if there was an open interview for the role of chaplain, um, I, I would be replaced immediately. And I could be replaced by some of the lobbyists I know. I could be replaced by the staff, the the legislators, there's a, the Senate, the United States Senate chaplain is a, a man named Barry Black, remarkable guy. But his comment on his role was, and he said, there are uh, staff and senators here whose faith dwarfs my own. And that's actually an encouraging statement. And, and it's true here in the, in the Florida House. And Michael, you've been involved in the process for many, many years. There's wonderful people of faith like yourself. There's wonderful people of faith who are answering telephones and working as legislators and working as staff. And, and it's, uh, it's, you know, a very encouraging place. So. All right. Well, Tim, thank you for opening up the, and, and shedding more light on, on your work and what your experience has been working with legislators as the chaplain of the House of Representatives. It's been a pleasure knowing you. It's been a pleasure talking about all this today. Well, thanks for Thank you, Michael. Thanks for having me. I'm a big fan of uh, your work here and uh, appreciate your friendship very much. And thanks for uh, 
Thanks for inviting me.